Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb, I'm Rich Levine, and the trade deadline. I can't even say it. I think that pronunciation of trade deadline is kind of indicative of the Celtics' performance. <laughs> hey, Rob, I'm going to pretend that I, that I screwed up on purpose, but uh, Evan Fournier, okay, solid player. I was hoping for more. Were you hoping for you? Because you you had kind of intimated on uh, on Twitter after we got the news that 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 Fournier was again for two two second round picks, not a bad deal. But uh, everyone kind of expected more to happen, and it never kind of never kind of played out. Yeah, I think I think that people wanted more to happen. I think that I think it's fair to say that that's if contending if contending was the was going to be the storyline for this year. It's not wanting; it was kind of needing, right? Right. And so, yeah, this is, I mean, that's something where the Fournier edition is, you know, you're, it's, it's clearly a now move. It might be a future move as well, depending on what happens with the contract. But I don't know, like, it's clear that there, I mean, there are a ton of guys on the move all year long here or all day long here at the trade deadline. And yeah, like the, the, the Celtics, there are other guys on the Magic that they were certainly interested in that moved. And I think they tried for those guys and they just weren't able to get them. And so they still got a guy they liked in Fournier here, whether that is moves the needle at all for you. I mean, that remains to be seen, but it moves the needle, uh, but just not enough. Right. I mean, this is not, yeah, they're, they're not, this doesn't put you going toe to toe with the top three teams in the East. Like that's obviously you need more than Fournier today. And you also, you know, trading away Daniel Tice doesn't necessarily help with that either, but there could be another shoot to drop there on the buyout market, et cetera, as we come, as we come forward here, but it is for it from a day per, I mean, we'll start for you here. We're also going to bring in um, Ryan Bernie Doney, who uh, joins us to make this an official wing place, three man pod. And I don't know, like, I want your guys thoughts on just Fournier first as a player, like in this team for me, just if you look at it singularly from a player standpoint, he's averaging 20 points a game. He can shoot threes. And right now, he's someone who can be a kickout option in crunch time in the fourth quarter. So Marcus Smart isn't shooting you out of games. And I think, honestly, right now, that might be the best thing for this team at the moment. Um, from a big picture perspective, I, I want your guys' thoughts on this. I'll, I'll let Ryan go first. He, he, he swooped in right after we started. So uh, welcome to the podcast, 
No, tear Danny Ainge apart, please. <laughs> I yeah, I mean we'll say that for like, later. Say that for later. <laughs> yeah, I mean the specific question of like Fournier, he's fine. Like he's an okay, you know, he's a good offensive player. He's he's fine. Um he's not gonna change the fortunes of this team. Um if he does, it will probably be in a negative manner uh when they re-sign him to a stupid contract that makes no sense. Um this is like they're 21 and 23. Like, what the hell are they doing buying Evan Fournier? <laughs> Even if the price is like seemingly very little, it's just stupid. Uh, but yeah, great. I mean, they're better today than they were yesterday, like as a team right now, but who gives a shit? Like <laughs> they're the eight seed and they're under 500 and they're, they're going to be on the road in the playoffs and they've lost 10 of their last 11 road games. Like this is ri- ridiculous. <laughs> could, could it be as easy as Fournier being like shooting, taking the shots that again, again, Shemi Ojale hasn't been horrible this, this season, but taking some of those open shots. I mean, again, it moves the needle a little bit, but how is that good? Like it moves the needle in the wrong way. If like they either need to be buying for the future, like somebody who has time left on their contract, that is some sort of a, a like a good value that they can play into the future and possibly, flip into some sort of trade in the future or who is just a good enough player to be a part of this team fitting into a budget or they need to be selling and being like, Hey, we have one chance here under this very weird circumstance to get like the 12th pick in the draft and have a swing at the lottery. Like this is dumb what they are doing. Um, What do you think? So what is a B Rob? I feel like you're, you're about to go there. What is the defense? I think the defense is, a, they wanted to do that. They wanted to get the guys with the the extra years, and they just couldn't. Those guys weren't available at reasonable prices. And so if your choice is to overpay now or get a guy that may be part of your future, may not be part of your future, but you know, if the cost is only two second-round picks and a trade exception, you're probably not going to do much with this offseason anyway because you're going to have to move real salary. And so what do you need a trade exception for in that case, whether it's smart, whether it's Kemba. So I think from that standpoint, it's like, okay, let's not kill the Jays the rest of the season. Let's not like tank the season and send the wrong message to those guys. Let's get, Hey, a wing to replace Gordon Hayward. Great idea. We no. could have, we really could have <laughs> used that for the last 40 years. Like it's, a terrible idea. it's like, it really is a, Jason and Jalen are 24 and 22 and they have years left on their contract. This is going to result in them having to make like cost saving moves when their next contracts are on the horizon. Like get this shit out of the way now. Oh, we're gonna have a bad season. Guess what? We've had more COVID absences than anybody else in the league. Kemba's not healthy. Jalen's not healthy. There's no fans. The whole thing sucks. We're going to punt the season. We're going to reset and figure it out. And the way you do that is either by getting a guy who still has time on his contract after this year or by improving your future assets by selling and basically just saying, Hey, you know what? We're going to rest you guys. We're going to rest. We know this sucks. Like this isn't what anybody wanted, but this will be good in the long run. And this is what we have to do. And instead they went and got the exact type of player that is just a trap because what are they going to do now? Like there's this, Oh, maybe they'll sign and trade him again. Okay. They're going to pay more seconds to create another smaller TPID, like in some magical way. Like that's Keep not going to happen. Keep that gravy trade That's just not going to happen. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So either they re-sign him into a league that is entirely structured to overpay Evan Fournier's. Like who gets overpaid in the league? The, the top players have a cap on their salary. 
the rookies have a cap on their salary. There's little lines in the middle that set like the middle class guys, upper middle class players on their third contract get overpaid every single summer. And Evan Fournier, if he's back with the Celtics, is going to get paid four years, $80 million on a contract that will immediately be negative. Or he's going to walk. And then they all they did this year was they, like, dicked around. If you need to, like, rest Jalen and Jason, rest them and play the kids you have who are at the same damn position as Evan Fournier, by the way. Or go and get somebody who, like, doesn't even cost you the TPE, who costs $5 million who costs what Daniel Tice cost, like at what Daniel Tice was outgoing and save the TPE. And maybe it doesn't end up anywhere, but maybe it ends up being the way that you manage selling Kemba out, like basically trading Kemba out and turning that into some other sort of future, actually like usable TPE that has some pathway into like actual positive stuff, as opposed to what they're doing, which is nothing. Like what do we think- this is not a plan. <laughs> this is nothing. What do we think the conversation was about, about Vucevic? No, because... they don't want Nick Vucevic. I know you wanted Nick Vucevic. They don't want to pay a center. So why would they want Nick Vucevic at 30 years old? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, what? I think four... they want him at that point. I mean, it depends on if they could have moved smart in like other, they moved some mass salary. I... But like, mm-hmm. we've seen years of them being like, okay, we will pay a certain type of center. And well, maybe, it's time, to the change, maybe with... it's time to change up, change up the strategy a little bit. It's like the one thing they do well at the moment. <laughs> they draft guys in the top five well. And they don't spend money on centers. And le- like, if you have Jokic or Embiid, okay, but like, whatever. I mean, Nick Vucevic is the best player on a 12 win team for a reason. And it's a 12 win team that just traded away a guy for a first round pick and another first round pick. So they had a player who people thought was good in Aaron Gordon, who traded the guy that we're getting and we're like, oh, he's a 20 point a game scorer. They got like, the team sucks. That There's a reason they suck. <laughs> Do you think do you think that that Orlando would have preferred Smart over Gary Harris? Was that was that their their play? And then and I, then I when... mean, whatever. All the talk is that they love RJ Hampton, and that's what they. Yeah, want. that's that's what I've been hearing too. Is that it was an RJ Hampton like love fest in Orlando, and the same situation with Wendell Carter in Chicago. I mean, that they got two first round picks out, and they they think Chicago they don't think those picks are going to be very good. That they they're betting against those picks as opposed to you know future Celtics first or future other team first that were in the mix. So I think that's, that's where it comes down to from, from that standpoint. And I, I mean, I agree with all your, like, is this like a plan C D trade that trade in line? Yes. I still think this is, if you weren't willing to do and and the case can be made for the full sell job now, which they obviously didn't do. They, this was kind of a, you know, straddling the fence situation. But I think Fournier, like seeing, evaluating him versus like keeping smart long-term for this team, I think that's kind of be kind of a question right now for the rest of the season in terms of evaluation. And again, you have, you're not going to have the ability to sign a guy like Fournier or get him anywhere this off season. So like, I know, but like, but, but no, but that's like, they have to see what it looks like. I mean, I don't know. You look at this team right now, guys, like, it looks to me, this is just like going to be an offense first team. They're going to have to become like an elite, like shootout where it's just like you have scoring everywhere and that's how you're going to win games. Cause the defense clearly isn't there. And so Fournier is at least the guy that lets you lean into that a little bit. Let you be that team coach for that. So, well, I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but for now, at least it's like, yeah. When, if, if teams are going to double Jalen and, and 
Kano at the end of the games, yeah. Like kicking him out to Evan Fournier. I'll take that. That's a good option as opposed to the kick out to smart or, or the drive by Kemba. So I, at least from that standpoint, you you're giving those guys some help. I, your bigger points stand, but I don't, it's, it's, it's better than nothing in my eyes from that standpoint. I don't know about that. First, let me say uh, bet online fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, Ryan and Brian uh, football might be over, but the NBA college basketball and the NHL are in full swing bet online, even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, any any happiness of getting rid of Jeff Teague? Can we take a little bit of pleasure in that? Even though he has, he actually hasn't been horrible. But the best player uh, on the team the last two <laughs> nights. Like, trying to but, save uh, his job, it was too late. The very least, you won't have to say, ah, oh, shit, there's Teague anymore. Yes, I mean that's, I don't know. I'm trying to bring a, bring a little bit of no. Of, that's uh, like positivity here. The the young guys I still think are gonna play here. Not everyone's gonna get a chance to play, but they should uh, though, right? But they I should. Mean, like that... it's like I mean Pritchard's gonna get to play. I think Langford once he emerges from the the health and safety protocols, like you could see like <laughs> what you're, year, you're, <laughs> what you're, like whether that's you know 2022 or whenever, like. I think your bench could be Pritchard, Langford, Neesmith, and Rob Williams. Just straight young guys right now. So if that if that's your bench, if that's your bench, then then that's where you go with Ryan, and you're like, okay, then what the hell are you doing? There's not a wing Look. there for one thing. Like, there's not a big wing. I mean, Jalen Jason played 40 minutes a night. Like, um, but like, they just traded for a shooting guard, and in the last two drafts, they used the 14th pick on shooting guards who they never play. One because he's never healthy, and one because they never play him to the point where the guy who you actually wanted got traded for a player taken 10 picks later in RJ Hampton, who also never plays and a first round pick four years from now. That does that was viewed as better than yours. And you never play these guys and you have Marcus smart and, and now Evan Fournier ahead of them. And like, I agree that moving Jeff Teague will, open up time for Peyton Pritchard but like Peyton Pritchard's like the lowest ceiling of all of them he's 23 years old like he's right. gonna be a good backup point guard that's fine um, Pritchard's the guy that you wanted on a good team that was already great sure oh, whatever I mean he's fine um and and yes it opens up time for Rob Williams having having Tice out but they're already talking about how they're going to go after somebody in the buyout market they're like oh we want to get in on Andre Drummond or LaMarcus Aldridge it's like that all that does is okay so you're immediately going to come back on top of it and give brad other veterans to play instead of rob williams like and i don't know what's going on with tristan thompson i I don't be rob i don't know if you've heard anything like it seems like he might actually be covid positive and that he might be out for a while just like like everybody else on the team has been i hope he's not COVID positive but i also hope he's out for a while yeah sure i i hope certainly i mean of course i hope he's not positive (laughs) um but it sounds like they're not expecting him back imminently. Um, so like there's going to be some amount of time where you, where you have guys like that, but like, like, that's just another point of how is this team actually going anywhere? Like you added a guy to try to make yourself the six seed instead of the eight seed, but like, just don't, just don't do that. 
that's all you had to do was not like i i mean nobody reads my blog so, i don't care i mean that's I not true first of all but well, well I'll I ask and was, the point i wrote is right like don't sit on the fence and the one thing they did like the thing they did is the one thing that would have been worse than doing nothing a, a slight buy i don't know right i saw people on twitter begging you to to blog about this today and you turned them down why would I want to write about this? You hear <laughs> the way, how, hear how I feel exactly. right now. Like this, this isn't is... my job. I this like sucks. I hate. You got to let the piss. You got to let the piss out. If you if you wrote about it, that's why I'm you... called in here. This is exactly. <laughs> this is this is faster and more succinct for uh for for everyone. But yeah, it's no. Again, this is not what you draw up in terms of. Well, I'll ask you guys this: Was this done? Do you think there is like what are are there secondary motivating factors here? In terms of a, what of, you know, I don't think there's a plan. I think what would be the, yeah, what would be the primary chief? And we're like, let's. Get <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What would like, be the it's... primary thing? The only thing I was thinking is that what everyone else was thinking is that this that they made the Fournier deal under the assumption that they had something else in the bag. I don't know. Maybe they thought they I, were closer to getting one of these other guys. I, I would believe that. I believe that they're probably a lot of balls in the air, and that's what again I heard over the course of the day, and then that did not come to fruition and then they had to just go okay we just need to dump salary here to you know at the buzzer in order to get under the tax and you know get guys out of here so brad will play the young guys like that it seemed to be again grander ambitions that were attempted that were not and i think that's where you can talk okay like they should have been going for more they were going for more how much, what's the balance between going for more now? Like, would that have been worth, you know, paying the extra first round pick to get Aaron Gordon in here as part of this deal? Or do you need, do you look at the situation and say, we're going to need those picks now to, you know, get off of Kemba's money in the offseason or whatever that next step is going to be this offseason and hopefully, you know, get this plan back on track? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how far you go on some of these guys on Gordon. Like I said, I was there saying you have to make a decision. And like the decision is, do you think this team and this core is good enough to invest in beyond this year? And I think it's completely reasonable to say that the answer to that is no, in which case you just, you don't do that. <laughs> and it, and if you think it's yes, and that it's like a real yes and not a fake yes, then you go and you try to get the, the guy who's actually going to matter. Um, and maybe it's impossible, right? Maybe it's just impossible. And that's not, and your other decisions over the last couple of years have so buried you <laughs> that you can't actually do the things that you want to do now. Um, but like I said, what they did was they said that we don't actually believe, but we're going to pretend that we believe. And we're just going to kind of like screw around here and we're going to get Evan Fournier and then he's going to expire and we're going to either pay him <laughs> $20 million or we're going to lose it for nothing. It's just like, it's just never been Danny's MO. And that's what sort of confuses me. Right? I don't, I don't ever get the sense he's ever cared that much about appearances, about making it look like they're going for something that isn't realistic. I know, again, at the same time, they never would have brought in a rental before either. So, I mean, if we're ever going to bring in a rental, you think it would be a, a time when that rental is going to put you over the top. Sure. And so, that doesn't cost $17 million at, into a trade exception that has some amount of value. Like they did trade a guy who makes $5 million. They could have taken back a guy who makes $8 million, you know, whatever. Um, 
but they didn't. <laughs> they went and got a guy who makes real money and who's going to expect to get paid next year. And like, I'm, a, I'm afraid they're going to pay him. And I can do the math. Like, the math is pretty simple on this. They go into next year without Evan Fournier, but with Tristan Thompson, a million and a half dollars under the, under the luxury tax line. Not under the salary cap, like under the luxury tax line. Right. Every dollar that they spend on, on Fournier, assuming that they're going to have some sort of viable center rotation and that's not going to be Rob Williams and two minimums or something, is taxed. And they're not going to go $20 million into the tax. Like I just have zero belief that that's actually going to happen for this team coming off what they're going to do this year and what Fournier is as a player. So, this so how many first round to, picks, how many first round picks is this, it going to take to trade Kemba into Capron? That's the question. That's right it. Now. So that, that, this that's leads what, that's to, to signing Evan Fournier to a contract that you also are eventually going to have to pay to get off of so that you can pay to get off of Kemba Walker. So, and that, and, and all that does is it kicks the can down the road you know, walking into the disaster of like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown being like, Hey, this team changes every year and isn't getting any better. And you want, like, we're not going to sign extensions to, to do this. Like, I don't know, whatever, like, or they're, or they're waiting for Bradley. So bad. The last two and a half seasons, the, the situation they were in the day that they signed Gordon Hayward to now is just like a joke. It's so bad <laughs> and, and it's not going to, I just don't believe that it's going to get better this off season because of the fact that they're going to be, they're going to be sitting there going, we just assigned, you know, we just got Evan Fournier. We need to sign him now. Don't we? Okay. But the fact that, that they were, that they only gave up two second round picks for him. They gave up four second round picks because they, they made a TPE with two second round picks and then they just signed him. But why did they go get him if they don't like him? Like, obviously they like him. Right? I think they like him. I think they like so, him. We, we talked about this earlier this week. I think, I think it's legitimate. Like, yeah, everything about the contract and everything it's going to be, but you look at him as a player and just in terms of the fit with the, the Jays, they do have to evaluate that right now. They don't have, they're not going to have options like this without giving up a lot in the free agent and, and like in a, in a trade elsewhere. So, so then you give up a lot or you move on with your, like what you're doing. <laughs> this is not like, it's, this is just another version of signing Kemba Walker because Kyrie Irving was leaving. We all looked at that and we're like, Ooh, what does that really lead to? Is that really smart? Like, is this just going to have a little fun, fun little season here? And like, this could really backfire. Like, what are we, what's happening here? And this is just the next like lower version of that. We just continue to like slide down the, the scale <laughs> of like slightly worse players, making a little bit less money on bad contracts that everybody knows are bad. The moment they get signed, like, but if Kemba, but if Kemba had, had, had come and, and performed the way he had in Charlotte, maybe it was unreasonable to expect that with the years and the, and the minutes and who, knew, who knows what they knew, knew about the knee. But like, if he was that guy, it's conceivable that this could be a much better situation. No, but even, even best case scenario, his defense is a negative and it, and it doesn't. Yeah. Is, that, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, he's 5'10", and he's 30 years old, and his defense has never been all that good. And like every, when he signed, did anybody, was anybody like, oh, this is a title contending team now? when that happened, everybody was like, sort of, uh, Kemba, he's nice. He's a good player. This will be fun. But like, this is, you know, there's not a lot of upside here. <laughs> um, and that's how it played out. And that's how I think this is going to play out. And I hope I'm wrong and that he's, you know, Fournier is some world changer here, but I obviously do not believe that that's what is going to happen. I'm just excited about the fourth quarter. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in terms of if that's, if this has any kind of impact and the, 
the same, it's kicking the can on all these issues down the road. And, but I don't think that's like, if, if they given up anything of significance here, I'd be more with you, Ryan, but I just don't think that. But they're going second round to. picks, but I mean, they're but, going to, but then they if can, they don't, then what was the point? What was the point if they're not going to keep him? Because what's going to happen? There's 28 games left. How many more games are they going to win? And how is that good that they win a couple more games? Like, are they going to win in the playoffs because of Evan Fournier? Are they going to, like, do something? Yeah, the first round. They're going to be a six seed at best. They're going to go out and they're going to, you know, you really think they're going to beat the Bucks or the or the Sixers or the, you know, the, the Nets in the first round? Like, they're going to get their asses kicked. So, One thing we'll say: next nine games, you got Oklahoma, you got Houston, you have Charlotte, you have the—I mean, the Knicks are a little better. You have Minnesota. You got a lot of winnable games, at least. At least you can maybe get something going a little bit. Maybe that's they have the easiest. They have the easiest schedule in the league the rest of the season. They also lose every single road game, every single second night of a back-to-back when Kemba sits, and maybe that'll change. Maybe that's the one or two games they'll win. That is that, that is without true. Kemba, like Fournier will help them win a couple of those games, like. But give me the best case scenario. Is the best case scenario the four or five seed and they win one round? Is that like the I think you could ideal? do there's a pie in the sky, you beat Philly in the four one situation. I think that's like a realistic best case scenario. And that again probably involves you getting some more meaningful help on the bottom market and like Fournier and that and player X playing as well as they possibly could. It's not certainly not you know something you bet on. But I, I do think this, that that path is conceivably there. Like in this totally screwed season, your best bet is probably that you go into a playoff series against a team that's like racked with injuries, but nobody wants, like, that's not something that I want to root for. Right. Um, and unless, I don't know, and unless you get that, the Jason that you're Tatum. About there had just made a better acquisition than the Celtics did. <laughs> <laughs> Say, unless you get the Jason Tatum from, from pre COVID or even last February or uh, early in the playoffs last year, it doesn't matter. Right. It's a good point too. Um, I, don't, I just, I just think you need, you're gonna need that guy to be that guy, if you, if you're gonna live any best case scenario. Right. And I'm not sure if that's gonna happen. Do you, do you guys want me to drop off so you can be less negative? No, I mean, <laughs> I think we need is, it. Wait, this is good. This is, this is a good balancing act right now, because it is what, I mean, the reckoning is coming this offseason one way or another, and this buys them a little time and maybe a little extra flexibility, but it doesn't change the big questions at hand here and how things have gone in the wrong direction for a couple of years. So it's, it's going to be fascinating. I, I also, I don't know, like moving. It's good again, not to, to move off of Tyson to, to, to give Rob Williams that starting job, assuming nothing, no one else is brought in here, but it also seems like they didn't. I thought they'd get a second round pick for him or something like that, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Like, even as part of this, we'll see. The details are still being sketched out, but that's. No, they paid money to get off this. Like, they right. sent two, what, $2 million in cash. They took back. Uh, yeah. Who was the other player they took? Not, not Wagner. They took a. Uh, Cornette. Yeah, Cornette. Cornette. Another like, sharpshooter. They're like, they had to, to, to take money in order to get this done because everybody knew what was going on which was, hey, you've got 30 seconds to get under the luxury tax. Yeah. So, of course, they're not going to get anything. Like, they had 30 seconds to get under the luxury tax. And so, 
you know, they got their feet held to the fire and they said, we're not going to give you anything and you're going to pay us and you'll save money on the back end, but like too bad. Um, and so they gave him away to save money. Cornette does autocorrect to Corver though. I <laughs> have experienced that. Um, I will be, I wonder if he will be on how long he'll be on the roster for. Um, They're going to wave him if they can get a buyout. Yeah. That's the and idea, right? I, w- I would think so. And then Wagner, I guess that's just, he might be worth keeping around as a 12th or 13th man. Um, and then Javante Green also gone too. Tim's buddy. Tim's buddy. Yeah. I know. Another upset. So, but another older guy that is blocking the way for the young guys in certain games. So, let's say Tatum, Tatum we're, good news is we're not going to compete. The better news is we're trading your best friend. Not great. What did you guys think around the league today? Like what other trade stuck out to you guys in terms of a, a wow factor or just anything to put your antenna up? Gary Trent Jr. getting traded from the same team to the same team as his dad. Found that interesting. What a pull. Yeah. That was but, Norm, uh, Norm Powell, right? Yeah, Norm yeah. Powell, yeah. And that's just an, ex- like, I don't know. That's an odd one because uh, he seems like Powell's too small to actually do what <laughs> what they need to get done in, in Portland. Uh, and Trent's played well, you know, when he's had an opportunity to. But whatever, I mean, that's both those guys are expiring. Uh, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, I guess the only, what was the big one was Oladipo, right? It's... Um, they got nothing for him. Like Houston, for all that I'm complaining about the Celtics, like the way that Houston has handled the Harden sell-off is just like total disaster. Two um, former Celtics. Yeah, like not getting – I'm not a big Karis LeVert fan, but like I'm a lot more of a Karis LeVert fan than nothing. Yeah. Um, and like getting rid of Karis LeVert and, and Jared Allen to get Oladipo, who you then give away to like maybe get a pick swap in a couple of years, is like that's – horrific um and yeah i know they got back bradley and and olenic but like they've lost 20 games in a row like that was this is just a total mess uh and then of course lowry not getting traded was probably the biggest story of the day every every single indication looking like he was gone for the last 24 hours and then getting all the way to the end and just being like nope then the sixers wouldn't give up thigh bowl and an extra pick or something and or the, or the funny like the lakers wouldn't give up Taylor horton tucker and they couldn't get the deal done. And like, I don't rarely believe that that's what happened, but of course that's the story. And it's funny. Um, that's probably the biggest story of the day though, right? Is Lowry just not moving. So here, here's my question for you guys, Bureau, you can take this one. Let's, let's go with, with a game that, that everyone on this current roster is healthy. Kemba's playing. Um, obviously smart is playing. What is Fournier's role? I think, I think Fournier is going to end up in the starting five. And I think Smart's going to come off the bench. I think you're going to lead into offense first um, with that group. I, I don't think it's going to happen out of the gate. But I think if you also want to realistically, if you're catering to keeping him and keeping him at a number that makes sense to you, which is probably not going to happen either way, but um, that's probably the best way to do it. And you say, hey, Smart, we need you to be go back to being the man for off the bench right now. Because um, to be honest, that's probably your you know, you're playing like you're 
been a bench player for most of the season anyway. So Kemba, Fournier, the Jays, and Rob? Yeah, just offense, offense first. Like that is, say what you want, like that offensive upside for that lineup is legitimate. The defensive uh, flaws in that lineup are also incredibly legitimate, and it could be a lot of 130, 120 games, but it'll be more entertaining than what we've been seeing for the last couple of months. Yeah, I would bet the opposite, that they go the other way. Um, in in part because Smart's already here, and I just think that he'll probably continue to start now that he's been starting. But also, if you don't start him, then your bench is Smart, Lankford, Ojale, and Tristan Thompson. If they don't, assuming they don't add a LaMarcus Aldridge or somebody, and there's like zero points there. <laughs> um, and it's probably easier to stagger having two of the four of, you know, Kemba and and Fournier and and the Jays if you don't start Fournier so I don't know that's my guess but yeah either way uh, I think Fournier probably closes um but I think there's a question then of like who is he closing with and is he closing with smarter or Kemba um and I don't know if Brad has it in him to not have Kemba on the floor at the end of close games but um it's probably needs to be Kemba with smart off with the way that smart's been playing in crunch time anyway but um I don't know. I, I think on the, the game. closing question is interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's what it always is. Everybody says, Oh, it depends on the game, but, most but now he has a legitimate option. Now it's like, okay, like you have three guys locked in and then we'll see. I mean, this could be the return of Grant Williams getting some center minutes too with Tristan I mean, it, out. It and could be the, the, the return of Marcus Smart getting center minutes. In, I mean, that's also matchups. true, right? If they really um, want to close the game with those five, you know, the best five, you just, you, you take out Gordon Hayward and you put in, you put in Fournier um, and are an even smaller team than they would have been. And so maybe we'll see that at some point um, yeah, at the very least for just testing it out to see what it looks like. But I don't know if there's a great answer to that question. Any Intel on uh, Fournier's defense? Is he passable? Nah. It's okay. He's bigger than people think. I mean, he's six, seven, six, seven. Yeah, six, seven. So that's, yeah. He's, so... he's a shooting guard, but he's not tiny. I think he's... Okay. <laughs> There's some OLA defense involved as a Frenchman, but um, I think it's passable. I think that's Spanish. (laughs) I've never been impressed with it. Like watching him closely, whether it's been in international games or just like a random Wednesday night in the magic, there's, there's not, there's there's not much to write home about on that end of the floor, but he's six foot seven. So that's taller than Kevin Walker. I guess the thing there is like none of the Celtics reserve wings are like trustworthy defenders. We don't know about Langford. Maybe he is. Neesmith obviously puts an effort, but Stevens doesn't trust him at all. And like, like Ojale is not a good defender. <laughs> he gets sort of this reputation of being a defender, but he's not a good defender. It's possible that Fournier is a better defender than Ojale. Now, obviously if you're facing Giannis, he's not, but just sort of in general, it's probably better even on defense, in my opinion, to just have Fournier out there and have Jalen guarding, you know, power forwards, and Jason sort of doing the sort of help defense and roaming thing that he has excelled at in the past, although been not great at this year um, for, you know, possibly completely normal reasons about the fact that he's not healthy, but um, I'm not sure. Like the bench is not, they, they added a player who will help the bench and took out a player who will hurt the bench and entice uh, and it's better. 
because they needed scoring there. But like, it's still not a great bench. You just line up all the players and you're like, yeah, all right, that's pretty bad still. <laughs> um, which is why I think you take Fournier and put him on the bench because otherwise there's like no scoring there. I mean, that's probably going to happen. I mean, realistically, with the lack of practice time and stuff, I think I'd want yeah, to see I'd that starting right, but like, you're right. Like, realistically, they're going to keep that continuity going with that group and then stagger the minutes accordingly and hope to make the best of it from that. Um, but yeah, the closing time lineup is what will be totally up in the air, not just at the wing spot, but at the center spot every night between whether it's Rob, whether it's Grant, whether it's Tristan when he comes back, whether it's player X, um, who knows, maybe in the next, this weekend we'll probably see some taco too, because that's going to be their only other tomorrow. Exactly. Their only other healthy center in the roster. And then on the second night, I don't know if Fournier will be there and cleared protocols and everything, but then Kemba won't play the second night against Oklahoma city. So they should, they should play in in that game. Flip it. Just sit, just punt the, the, this right. game against the Milwaukee the Bucks. game, yeah. Give Kemba more That's rest. Like, yeah. it's a win-win. They honestly Everyone probably should have been doing that more this year in these games. Like, yeah. they've playing Kemba in these tough home games on the, the first half of back-to-backs where, you know, your odds aren't great in those, and then you – and that leads to, like, getting blown out in Cleveland and Atlanta and stuff. Like, that's – if from a wins and losses standpoint, just not a good strategy. So, Rich, let me – ask you because i don't talk i talked to b rob obviously more than than you when we sort of cycle through the the pods and i jumped on after you had started talking about like do you think that this was a net positive day for the team uh, yes by how much i mean it could be like point one, <laughs> you know plus point one. it you know i, I think and again, like I understand what B Rob's saying about not wanting to just punt the season when you have when you have the Jays where they are at this age. I think that like it's nice to bring in a guy who can who can shoot, a guy who can help in ways that that they need, regardless of whether it's enough. And I think because as long as you have the Jays playing, you're going to compete this year. You'd imagine, right? Even though like <laughs> that's what's been happening, and they're and they're twenty and twenty three or twenty and twenty two, but you're still going to be in the playing game at least. I think you get you bring someone in that's gonna maybe give you a little bit more of a chance this year to do a little bit better, and I think that's a net positive. That's you know again not not by much, but it feels better than doing nothing. So I have two follow up questions on that: one for this year and one for the future. The, okay. If they're in the playing game, will you be rooting for them to win? Because the uh, the alternative is you go into the lottery. Yeah. I will be rooting. For, I, I'm not. I'm not. How about this? I'm not going to root for them to lose, but I will be. I will feel much better than I typically would at the end of a Celtics season. You know what were I mean? They like, lose. You mean if if they were to lose? Okay, we're in the lottery. You know what I mean? Like the like like the uh, consolation prize is. I mean, you'd you'd be sitting there rooting for them to to lose in a in a, in a playing game. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if I have that. I don't know if I have that in me. Like I would be okay. I I would be okay with a loss. But like part of how this is going to play out too, is that because of how the West standings look like they're going to stack, like if they were to lose that game, they wouldn't be 14th. Like they would probably be like 12th and have a, I don't even know. I have to go look at the lottery ads, but like a 10% chance at a top four pick, like because of the lottery, you know, because of the way they redid the, the math on it, it wouldn't be like a, no hope or oh, this is going to be the 14th pick it would probably be like something 
which I think has some amount of factor in it, considering how young they are. But that's not here nor there. I just am wondering. The other question what I have is a question Ed, I've asked. Evan, Evan Fournier hits a, hits a game-winning shot in the playing game. <laughs> <laughs> the nightmare scenario. Yeah, what, what's the, what's um, the, other, the other question? Other question is a question I've been asking a lot of people lately, which is, like, when you think about the future of the team, do you consider the impact of the luxury tax at all? Do you care? Do you think about it? And if you do, like, what do you use as a number in your head to think like, this is how much they might spend over the tax? Like I use 10 to 15 million for like, if they're good, but other people come back and are like, that's crazy. That's too low. That's whatever. Do you even consider it? Like you just are, there's plenty of people are just like, I don't care. They should just spend money and I don't, I don't care. Well, right. And again, I guess it's not so much like what we think. It's more like, what do we think Wick thinks? That's right? how what I approach think, it. What do you think? The, and, and I think that, like like they did towards the end of the the second big three era if they are truly truly believe that this is a contender i think he will pay whatever he needs to pay but i don't think they're going to fool him in saying let's pay the luxury tax to be pretenders to put a team that even the best case scenario is maybe going to make it to the conference finals so what throws me off there is the idea that they paid whatever needed to be paid at the end of the last big three era. Did they not do that? They didn't. The most they've ever paid in luxury tax and in a single season is $14 million. And now that was in 2010 when it was $1 for $1 tax. And when the salary cap was much lower because revenues across the league were much lower. But at that point, there had been teams, Paul Allen with, you know, with the, the Trailblazers and the Knicks that had spent like far, far, far more in single seasons in tax than, than the Celtics right. ever did at the peak of their spending. And it's uh, compared to what has been spent since then is a joke. But again, you have to sort of adjust it all to league inflation in terms of what revenues are. But they have never actually spent more than what would be the equivalent now of about $15 million over the luxury tax, like in terms of percentage of revenues, because you escalate it and, you know, with, with the way that they multiply. And like, it's just hard for me to look at and think that they're ever going to spend what you would need to spend in order for this Fournier trade to like pay off in a way that seems high, like something really positive, which is part of why I'm so negative about it is that I'm looking out and I'm just like, they're not, if they pay him, they're going to cut money on elsewhere. And it will end up having a net, you know, neutral value in terms of like on court. And you'll have spent money to like get out of this thing. And you'll just be sort of churning things that aren't making it and that so but that's what i was just wondering I, it's i do think it, it comes down to ryan like how much is it going to cost to get rid of kemba and is fournier going to be a step up from kemba and that's that's the, like if if you can get fournier at 18 to 20 mil for the next three or four years and i'm, I'm kind of like there's a tons of teams with like cap room this but there are a lot of younger teams like i'm not sure a lot of teams are going to be lining up to overpay evan fournier and maybe I mean, this have we not learned anything <laughs> the last couple of years like this line of thinking is just it's not going to happen they'll either pay him or someone else will right like i know he's not gordon hayward and i know he's not al horford he doesn't have the name he doesn't have the all-star appearances but like he's not coming back for the mle right like he's no i mean no we're not make, like he's, he's it's minimum going to be like 17 18 less million. Than 17 but, but they can't afford that they're not going to pay it unless they dump Kemba. And that means you're paying to dump Kemba to get a player who is how much better than Kemba Walker? Like some amount, maybe he's a little younger. He's a little bigger. He might be a better fit. Like I, I get that, but you're paying to get off Kemba and then you're going to have to take something back for Kemba. Like, do you think a team with cap space is taking Kemba without like talk to Oklahoma, Sam Presti on line one, Sam Presti on line one. 
well, they're going to they're going to want a total ransom to take him. They're not going to just take him for into cap space for no reason because other teams will be trying to dump. And but Al, Horf- Al Horford only co- it cost them one first round pick to dump Al Horford, whose contract was obviously Kemba's contract is worse, but Al Horford's was longer at the time of that deal. So I look at that and like I I'm with you, but I think the cost to get rid of two years of Kemba out the money is obviously much more, but there's there's going to be teams out there. There's a lot of cafes. There's not a lot of good free agents. So there's probably going to be a team or two say, Hey, yeah, we'll gamble. Give us a first and a second and we'll, we'll take Kemba and you can take back this, you know, bad contract, but it's, it's 10 or $15 million. So you guys can swallow it more. But that's the problem is it's 10 or $15 million, which means that you have created no flexibility. If you don't believe that they're going to spend like way into the tax. So you flipped around pieces and spent first round draft picks you didn't spend the first round draft picks at the trade deadline to like get the player. You did it to dump another player to re-sign somebody who you're unsure of if you're going to be able to re-sign into the same situation again with a number of years on the contract that is just going to make it a negative con. Like if they sign him for, like I said, if they sign him for four years and $80 million, how many, like that is immediately looked at across the league as like, Oh, I don't really want that deal. Just like, like, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? Bogdan Bogdanovich right now. They signed him for a deal that like the, the absolute upside was neutral value. And by the time Evan Fournier is 32 years old, like you're going to look at that and be like, oh, that's not going to be neutral value. So that was always a feather in Danny's cap and and Zarin's cap with his team is that you looked and you're like, I don't see any bad contracts on this team. And now you get Kemba heading down that road with with Fournier, maybe. And Tristan Thompson. Yeah. I mean, But now you, you need you need the Gary Harris contract to get the Aaron Gordon. Now you need that trade chip down the line that like is that is a bad deal, but that's a deal they haven't been able to move in the past, and that's cost them potentially cost them or keep them from making moves. So I don't know. It's like yeah, but you need that you need that contract two years further down the line. That's that trade is a trade that's coming in twenty twenty four, right? Twenty twenty four. Maybe you which over- is when. Do you overpay Fournier on like a one-year deal? And he hits the market when the cap skyrockets. Maybe it's something like that. Well, the cap's not going to skyrocket until the year after that because there's a yeah. three-year, there's a, you know, they've, they've put downward pressure on it for three years due to COVID to spread out of the money. So it's not going to be, you have to sign up for a giant two-year deal, but they won't because of the luxury tax. <laughs> like it just is a circular thing here where you just keep coming back around to like either they're going to let him walk or they're going to sign him. And if they sign him, it's going to be bad. And if they let him walk, and what's what's the point of doing in the first place? And that's what I can't get out of the loop is like, what is the path out? And there's always a path out. Some always positive, right? They they sign him and he plays super well. He comes in and he looks like an all star. Uh, they whatever they it all comes together and they make the conference finals. And I sound like a moron. Like great, I, I would love for that to happen. But is even making the conference but, finals is that help the bottom at least then line? You would be viewed. I think you would have players. I think Kemba would be viewed as having value. Right. You Again, want to deal with that guy in the postseason. Yeah. Like if this all clicks and suddenly this unlocks some amount of Kemba's drive game and he's getting to the rim more and he's getting whatever. And it's like, oh, we needed space. And it like, that's feasible. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't expect it to happen, but it, it's possible. They also could sign him and he looks really good at the beginning of the season and somebody is desperate and comes in and offers you something and you trade him quickly or his, like you, like B Rob said, like his market doesn't develop and you get him on a shorter deal than what I'm afraid of. These are all possibilities. It just seems like what my concerns with have been so many times in the last couple of years that the 
possibilities for positive things seem less likely and less positive than the downsides, which seem more likely and more <laughs> negative. <laughs> um, and it's just, I don't know. It's, I like, me. I keep, I agree. That. I keep just sort of mumbling and saying, I don't know. No, I agree. But I like these, like, there weren't going to be good possibilities if nothing happened here. I like these, like, pie in the sky possibilities more than, like, you still have to get Rakamba and you don't have anyone to replace him unless you get someone in that direct deal. And because with the. Well, you do, though. There's the, the pie in the sky of holding the entire TPE is that you trade Kemba, you create a giant new TPE, and you trade seven draft picks or four draft picks and three swaps for Bradley Beal. And that's still the out here is that now it's that it's Jalen Brown. Right. It's Jalen Brown. I mean, Brown I mean, for you're pivoting Beal. to that, which I is think was going in that direction leads. anyway. That's where all this leads is that you are taking back, you're looking for a team with some amount of cap space and an expiring contract or maybe two years on it on a medium sized deal who's willing to take Kemba for one draft pick in exchange for that other contract. And you're sort of neutraling out the money signing Fournier and then trading Jalen for Beal or whatever cat Donovan Mitchell whatever it is at some point in the next couple of years and reshaping the team that way and hoping that that core makes you know gets you to where you want to go and it all is still it all just comes back to like if Jason Tatum wins the MVP it solves lots of problems <laughs> and if he doesn't you're probably screwed anyway and so maybe none of this matters but like that's too negative to talk to, to, to dwell on for too long, I suppose. But, I think that's a good place to, to wrap it up with, with that little dose of negativity, or at least I got to go. If you, guys wanna, if you guys want to keep going, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no. feel free. Sorry. <laughs> Find us at winning place pod. Tell Ryan how much you love his um, positive outlook at danger cart. At he's, the vo- he's the voice of, he's the voice of no, many this is right Ryan now. is in the majority I, I right important. now. Ryan's yeah. in the majority of reaction right now. And this is, I think, a, a viewpoint that is sure. And it is if on is the odds on path to where the this leads right now. So um that's it's a lot of things have to go right for this team to get them off this path. And this may or may not help them on that front, what they did today. But they did make a trade, first one since 2015, where they added a player. It gave us something to talk about today, so we're thankful for it. Um, <laughs> but we'll be back next week to talk about Evan Fournier's debut uh, and much more. So stay tuned for that, and thanks for listening. <laughs>